Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Greetings, humans. You have entered the command zone, your destination for all aspects of Elder Dragon Highlander. Enjoy your stay. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go I don't know the words You know what's funny is I was actually going to do a Christmas song Really? I noticed that on Twitter, and you're Mr. Christmas, I'm the opposite I'm like, when I hear Christmas music for the first time, I'm like Can't wait The most beautiful time of year is upon us Christmas music is here, guys. I really... By the time you're listening to this, it's probably Thanksgiving or close to it. Yep. Um, so that's about the time, I guess, that Christmas music starts. Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, everybody. Yeah. I hope if you're in the U.S. and you celebrate Thanksgiving, I hope that it's an awesome one. I hope you've got your friends and family, your home and hearth, and I hope that everything was great. And playing magic as well. Oh, yeah. What a great time to what get together with the siblings time. and the friends. And yeah, I try and do that every time I go home because I started playing in high school. So oh, yeah, yeah. I try and get like a couple friends that I used to play with in high school to come nice. play. Yeah. Well, how's it going, everybody? You're listening to an episode of The Command Zone. I'm your host, Jimmy Long. How's it? It's Josh Lee Kwai. It's time to finish it off with the final Commander 16 Precon Deck Tech. Holy crap, we made it. Or we almost made it. We're almost there. <laughs> 45 minutes from now, we'll be there. <laughs> so we're going to talk about Saskia and the Open Hostility Deck, which is the blue list deck. Um, so that's a fun one. But first... We got a couple of things to to um, announce. I guess we've already announced them to talk about upkeep. Upkeep. It's uh, first of all, we started a Patreon. If you haven't heard, the time has finally come. Where we're asking for your help and your support. We've uh, done the show up till now, which is a little over two years, 130 episodes, all on our own dime, out of our own pocket. Uh, mm-hmm. It has cost a decent amount of money. We are not looking to recoup what we've already spent. We're just looking moving forward. To be able to, you know, sort of get to break even, maybe get a little bit extra so we can do some of the cool things that you guys want us to do. Yeah, absolutely. So make sure you guys go to patreon.com slash command zone. You'll see that we have a lot of tiers uh, for each episode. So if you contribute to the show, there is a lot of different things that you, the listener, can also get from it. Uh, and it's easy as just a dollar per show, honestly. And it makes a huge, huge difference for us because it lets us expand our sort of boundaries on what we can do because obviously budgets and stuff are always in the way, and time as well. And having the support of you all is going to help us make the show better in a lot of ways and also help it sustain itself so that we don't keep draining the pockets. (laughs) There's only so far we can go. We've reached the limit. Uh, I like what you said. One dollar 
is really, I mean, we put other tiers on there and I'm happy if people want to do that, but $1 per show, that feels like a reasonable rate to me. Yeah. And it feels, and that's really going to help us out a lot. And maybe Kitchen Table Fables, more gameplay videos. There's some things on the horizon that we'd like to do and this will help help us get there. Yeah, think about it this way. If you if you give a dollar per show every month, that's $4, that's a cup of coffee. And that's you get four hours of entertainment. Four hours? Wow, you don't even get that from some... That's like two movies. You don't even get, yeah, it's that's like... We're almost equivalent to a Hollywood blockbuster, too. <laughs> All right. Certainly in levels of quality. I was going to say it's like a short video game or something. <laughs> oh, very short. Uh, this show is also brought to you by CardKingdom.com, who is our gracious sponsor of the podcast. Make sure you guys go to CardKingdom.com slash Command Zone. It's the best place, guaranteed, to buy your singles and C16 pre-con decks. You're going to want to go there because, one, they ship out incredibly quickly. We've literally only received positive feedback, which is something that... I cannot claim for a literal anything else in my life. So they're great. I just won't go there. Can <laughs> <laughs> you give me some feedback right now? Guardkingdom.com <laughs> slash command zone. Make sure you guys check it out, support the show, and let them know that we sent you. All right, on to our main topic, the Open Hostility deck, the Saskia deck, Commander 2016. This is the blue list deck, which I took this sort of lead on which was outside of my comfort zone jimmy yeah it's like when i took the red list deck yeah so, crazy what so, are we doing with our lives well we're just you know we're pushing we're pushing boundaries yeah that, yeah, that we are so just like all the other deck techs we are going to discuss this deck in a couple of ways one we're going to break it down straight out of the box so just what it's got in it what the stats look like and sort of what it's trying to do so that you know if you open it and you don't change it at all that just sort of what the game plan is and how you might want to sequence your cards in that manner and then we're going to also do a quick upgrade it's not a full tuning it's not meant to be like hey after you do this the deck's good and it's never going to have to be changed this is just like hey if you want to take it and quickly upgrade it so that it's probably at least it'll have a chance among your regular play group it's not going to be maybe the most powerful deck in your play group but it, these 15 cards or so that you can add in will just make it a, a, a lot better and a uh, lot better yeah and and also you can go into the show notes afterwards and we'll have the full list of the cards that we think you should take out as well mm -hmm. so let's start with the new legendaries jimmy this first one you got to play actually in our gameplay video yeah and it did incredibly well surprisingly timna the weaver one white and a black for a legendary creature human cleric. It's a 2-2. It has a lifelink. At the beginning of your post-combat main phase, you may pay X life, where X is the number of opponents that were dealt combat damage this turn. If you do, draw X card. So if Timna and one other creature swings at Josh and Craig, I pay two life at the end, uh, beginning of my second main phase, and then I draw two cards, which is pretty good because there were two opponents that got dealt damage. Um, this card ended up doing a lot of work just because there's always someone to hit. Even if you're paying one life for one card. Still pretty good. Still pretty good. And you gain a little life off it if you're swinging with Timna. You drew a lot of cards out, but I'd, I want to say like eight or nine cards probably in that yeah. game. Yeah, and it didn't make a difference, unfortunately. Well, I mean, it did. It just <laughs> it didn't end up winning. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, this card was surprising to me. It was much better than I thought. I think that a three-mana 2-2 two -two just by itself that's going to draw you a couple cards is actually pretty good because mm -hmm. very often if you pl play it on turn three, it's going to hit somebody once or twice. Yeah. Oh, and this card, of course, has partner, so yeah. it can be exist in the command zone with another card that has partner as well. Another partner commander is Ravos Soul Tender. It's three white black for a legendary creature, human cleric, a 2-2, two -two, has flying. It says other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, so he's an anthem. And also at the beginning of your upkeep, you may return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. Hey. That's it. You don't have to do combat damage or anything. You just recur a creature from your graveyard to your hand. Now, it's not to the battlefield, but still pretty good. Um, yep. 
I don't know. We didn't see this one in play, I don't think. No, and I, oh, I, I Craig, chose Craig Tim did get over it. this. Yeah, yeah, Craig did get it out once, but it really was just the anthem effect that he was And he had getting. no creatures in his graveyard, yeah. I think, because he exiled them with some other effects. <laughs> yeah, so he's like, well, all my creatures get plus one, plus one, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so a five-man 2-2 for a flyer, that's eh, it's okay. Um, the Yeah, eh, it's okay. I think this card <laughs> is good in the deck. Um, it's... It might be good as a partner, partner with something else because recursion like that is very strong, and it's mm-hmm. you don't need to meet any other criteria. Just have uh, a Ravos out. I always want to say yeah. Davos. Davos of Davos yeah. Seaworth. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the last partner commander is Tana, the Blood Sower, or Tana. Two, a red and a green, so she's gruel for a two-two legendary creature elf druid with trample. Whenever Tana, the Blood Sower, deals combat damage to a player, create that many one-one green sapling creature tokens. And she has a partner. So obviously you want to buff her up so that her trample gets through. This card it seems to be pretty good in any deck that wants to do a lot of gruel-based combat damage. Yeah, it's a four-mana 2-2 two, two that you have to do work, really, at that point, I think, to get her through. When she yeah. does hit, it's good, but it's not game-breaking. I think she's okay, but she's not She's not amazing. Yeah, she's not amazing. She's no prosh. <laughs> she's no prosh, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the four-color commander is Saskia. If you watched our gameplay video, Saskia played a pretty major role in the first game and mm-hmm. is a very powerful card. Saskia the Unyielding is blueless, so black, red, green, and white for a 3-4 human soldier, legendary obviously, has vigilance and haste. It says, as Saskia the Unyielding enters the battlefield, choose a player, and then whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, it deals that much damage to the chosen player. A couple of things here. One is that Saskia's trigger is as she enters the battlefield. So mm-hmm. we had, I think we in one episode we said, oh, you should pan harmonic on it. That won't, that won't work. Nope. Um, also, when Saskia hits a player and then deals that much damage to the chosen player, you can hit the chosen player yeah, and then deals- also <laughs> deal the damage again to the chosen player. So Oof. it can sort of double strike an, a player. But it's Sa- unstoppable double strike almost. Yeah, it's uh, it's very good. But then also, of course, the most common usage, which is like, I want to hit Craig, but Craig's not open because he has a lot of, you know, maybe ghostly prison effects up mm-hmm. or a lot of creatures. But Jimmy doesn't have very many blockers, so I play Saskia naming Craig, and then I swing all my creatures at Jimmy, and then when Jimmy gets hit, it also hits Craig. Um, That's how we killed Josh Kim, is uh, yeah. Craig swinging at me for 30. I just decided not to block lethal to Josh because I knew that damage was going to hit him as well, so... It, very interesting politically as well. Yeah, it's a powerful, powerful card, um, but you do have to get through for combat damage. Okay, so let's move on to the stats section. Stats. Oh man, we got that down. We gotta animate that someday. <laughs> it reminds me of the Pone Zone intro in VGHS. Yes. Yeah, Terry is a little bit A team, a little bit Sports Center. Yeah, exactly. Terry can play that for you guys right now. We'll do that, but for stats next time. <laughs> next time, eventually. Well, you know, depending on how the Patreon goes. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, maybe C seventeen. <laughs> um, so the card draw statistic is there's only three. What? Yeah, I didn't like this very much, especially in a deck like this, which is blueless. aggro, it's blueless, it wants to be attacking with creatures, you're going to have people block and trade and kill your creatures, people are going to board wipe, you just need to be able to refill your mm-hmm. hand. I didn't like that. Um, ramp, though, 10. Hey. That's right where we want it. Yeah, I like that. Good job, everybody. Um, ding, 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 ding. Targeted removal, there's a lot, and it makes sense when you think about it. There's seven targeted removal spells. Wow. So this is a category that makes sense for an aggro deck because... Especially one that doesn't really particularly care which person it's hitting. It just wants to hit a person. So it's just like, oh, right. who's got the less cre- least creatures? Remove 
a couple of them now attack. Yeah. Um, or just maybe remove the one you've got. So that's a good one. And then board wipes, there's only one. Now, this is a creature-based combat aggro deck. And so generally those decks don't want to wipe the board. However, they still sometimes do. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of multiplayer where it's just unpredictable to the point where no matter what kind of deck you are, there's going to be situations where a board wipes the only thing that's going to give you any sort of a chance. Yeah. And so I don't like having only one. I think that's too few. That's beyond too few. It's it's almost non-existent. What's yeah. the chances of you? One in 99 you're going to draw this board wipe. And you really don't have tutors and stuff in, de- in the pre-cons. So yeah. it's something we haven't been talking about with all of them. Obviously, you can add tutors to sort of increase the consistency of all of them. It's not fun to talk about, so we haven't talked about it. <laughs> um, okay, so some other categories. Damage to the face. There's five cards that will deal damage to the face in some way. That's quite a bit. It makes sense. You want to get somebody kind of low, then hit somebody else, steal the damage. You know, you're... Saskia really wants the game to be a scrum where everybody's taking damage because that's the point where she's going to be the most powerful, where you can kind of KO two people at once, right? right. It's going to be harder when two people are at 40 or three people are at 40. Mm-hmm. Um, cards that encourage all players to attack. There's one. Creatures with power two or less. This was interesting to me because I was thinking of the deck would be more like a bunch of big creatures, right? Right. But it's actually not. There's a lot of creatures with power two or less. There's 18. And 18? There's, yeah, out of 29 creatures. So most of the Whoa. creatures have power two or less. Um, now, some of them can grow, like Managorger Mana Hydra, Hydra. Or Ravosil Tender. Uh, Makes them bigger. Else. Yeah, but, but in general. 18. Yeah, so there's a lot of small creatures. There's also a lot of token creators, which is interesting. So there's seven cards that create tokens in some manner. Tana is one of them, or mm-hmm. Tana. Um, so, and then cards that pump your team, because there's seven artifact or sorry seven token creators so i was like okay and a lot of little creatures so it feels like oh go wide but there's only three cards that pump your team Hmm. uh so it's interesting i mean listen there aren't a lot of surprises here so we're in the what does this tell us section there aren't a lot of surprises it's an what What does does this tell us (laughs) (laughs) it lost some of the ring to it yeah (laughs) uh so this is an aggro deck. Not a lot of surprises, right? Sasuke's ability is powerful, but it doesn't do anything if you're not in combat. Mm-hmm. And Tana and Timna both say the word combat, specifically combat damage. The only one of the new legendaries in the deck that doesn't say that is Ravos. That's the only one that basically does anything if you're not actively hitting your opponents right. uh, for combat damage. So the deck wants to do combat damage, and it, it looks like it wants to do it by going a little bit wide rather than taking the tact of going unblockable, Mm -hmm. which makes sense because there's no blue, or by sort of making one big threat that's hard to deal with. Uh, It does have that ability a little bit, like you said, because Mana Gorger and a few things like that, but that looks like it. Um, Ramp is good. There's about 10 ramp cards, like I said. Uh, A decent number of it's creature-based. Oh, no, no. So I would think about replacing some of that with cultivate type effects. There is far seeking rampant growth, but it yeah. could do with a little bit more. Like we've said many times, it's just way safer to put lands into play. And you're a deck that wants to attack. You don't want your creatures to come out just to tap for mana. That's a really good point. That's a super good point. Because if I play a Birds of Paradise, well, that's not a good attacker. So that's not where I want a creature slot to be taken. Yeah. Uh, and then people are already going to want to destroy all my creatures. I don't want that to not just. You don't want that to do two things for them, right? Right. So if they if they're they're like crap, he's got a lot of creatures attacking. I want to destroy them all. 
Well, I want that to set me back as far as my attacking, but I don't want it to simultaneously set my mana back. Oof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because now they're just one-twoing you with the board wipe, making board wipes against you even better. You're trying to mitigate board wipes, not not increase your, uh, what's the word, your exposure to them. Um, card draw is obviously really bad. Three is bad. We're going to add more. Uh, board wipes and targeted removal. We talked about this. The removal, even maybe a little too high. I will say that there's seven removal spells. Yeah, it feels a little too high. I would rather, of course, if you're going to like be like, hey, should we put more board wipes in, take out targeted removal? I'd be like, yep. Yep. <laughs> some of do. the removal is modal. So some of it creates tokens. Mm-hmm. Some of it also does other stuff. So I could see leaving it as it is. Um, I might take out one or two. I'm, I'm kind of with you. But definitely, we need at least two or three more board wipes. Just... One is just not enough. When you need it, you're never going to have it. Yeah. And you can find specific types of board wipes that will work for your deck. Because, we, like I said, you're thinking, oh, there's a lot of creatures. I don't want to wipe the board. Well, what about if you play Retribution of the Meek or um, Austere Command, and you're just destroying creatures with uh, uh, with high power yeah. and not the low power creatures? It's things like that. Those are the types of board wipes that I might think about. Um, okay, so let's talk about the best cards that are currently in the deck. This I is, love this card. I wouldn't have thought this, but then when looking at the deck and noticing there's 18 creatures with power two or less. Mm-hmm. It's like they built the deck to be an Aleshi deck. Who kinda. smiles at death? Yeah. Two in a red, legendary creature, human warrior. They have a three, two with first strike. Whenever Alesha attacks, you may pay a hybrid white, black, white, black. So either white, 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 black, or black, black. If you do, return target creature card with power two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield tapped and attacking. So you're going to bounce back a lot of sweet stuff with this. In Alesha decks, this is bringing back cards that bring back other cards. This is bringing back cards that have huge effects that all have two or less power. And there are also cards in the Alesha decks that like stop them from attacking, remove them from attacking so that you get it. They're not in danger of being killed by a blocker. Yeah, this card, really good in this deck. And also, it does have a bunch of cards that fit the criteria of their power's less in the graveyard than it will be on the battlefield. So mm-hmm. even something like Mana Gorge or Hydra sort of fits that criteria in that, yeah, it's a 1-1 one, one right now, but later it's going to be really big. So you yep. get a lot of value that way uh, out of Alesha. So good card. The next one I put was Sunforger. I, I want more decks to be able to play this card because it is very powerful. This card, I think, is very good in this deck. So it's a three-mana artifact equipment Equipped creature gets plus four, plus zero. Its equip cost is three. It also has an activated ability. You can put, you can pay Boros, so pay a red and a white. And you unattach Sunforger, so it has to be equipped to, to do this. And then you search your library for a red or white instant card with converted mana cost four or less and cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then shuffle your library. So it gives you, you know, if you, if you find a four CMC instant, it gives you a two mana cost discount. You cast it. And you tutor it, too. Yeah. So it's, it's, it reduces the mana cost on some spells, and it gets you the card you need right now. This is really good. I think there are things in the deck, like, um, I believe, Naya Charm, mm. that can tap all your opponent's creatures. Hmm. You know, I'm going to suggest later a few more cards like that that you can find with Sunforger that can make it so that, oh, I didn't have any good attacks. Oh, I Sunforger, get, tap all their creatures down. Now I can attack with everything. And because of Sasuke, I'm hitting two players when I do Oof. that. And that, that's, those are the sort of out-of-nowhere things that aggro decks, I feel, need to be able to do. They, yeah. ha- they have to be able to be like, everything looks safe. It looks like I have everything under control. I don't have to worry about the aggro deck. And then they go, boom, you have no blockers now. Well, I didn't count on that. I'm dead. Yeah, the, the value you can get from Sunforger, I mean, even just fetching out a path to exile is mm-hmm. pretty good because at instant speed saying like, hey, no matter what, at any time, I can red-white get a path to exile. I would still play red-white for... <laughs> 
Path Exile. I'll Heck do that. yeah. And Utter Ends in the deck. So you can oh, go yeah. get that and you can get rid of the, um, you know, the propaganda or the ghostly prison that's getting in your way. Yeah, it's a good point. It's red or white instant card. It's not just straight red or straight white. You can get your, you know, black white spells or whatever. And as long as it has one of those colors in it, you're yeah. good. All right, let's talk about the cards in the deck right now that are the worst cards. <laughs> this card is not good. No. Um, so it's Necrogenesis. It's a green and a black for an enchantment. It says pay two, exile target creature card from a graveyard, create a 1-1 one, one green sapling creature token. Not good in this deck. I know someone probably was like, ah, I love that card. But listen, I don't think this is a horrible card. I think it's playable, and really, if you left it in, it'd be fine. In this environment... It's not great. It works decent against the Brea deck because they're trying to recur stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's one use for it if you're in a meta that has a lot of graveyard recursion and things like right. that. But it's just not a very good rate. Two mana, you you make a 1-1. One, one. You're yeah. not going to really want to do it to your own graveyard because you have things like Alesha. And this isn't a token deck necessarily. Yeah. So I just think it's not good enough. It's not that it's bad. It's just not good enough. I would much, much rather take that out and put a card in that's going to draw me cards. Yeah. This next one we talked about before, I just really don't like this card. Yeah, but some people in the comments like it. I, I'm going to have to disagree with you all. Evolutionary Escalation. One in a green for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, put three plus one plus one counters on target creature you control and three plus one plus one counters on target creature and opponent controls. Well, that's not going to help you in the long run, I don't think, especially with what this deck's trying to do. Like, making another creature bigger just so yet you can get three plus one plus one counters, and you're not abusing those counters in any way, you're not proliferating, you're not using them with cards like a five-color Marchesa deck, you know, like, it, it just doesn't get there, and it's just a card that you have to wait for your next upkeep, you play it for two mana, eh, nothing about this card makes me happy. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. This card is just not very good. There's too many better cards we can play in our format. You can just play a card that only gives your stuff mm-hmm. counter, so why? I don't even understand. Yeah. Um, let's talk about some notable reprints here, so a little bit of value. Commander Sphere is a good one. Uh, it's a three-mana artifact. You can tap it to add to your mana pool one mana of any color in your commander's color identity. You can also sacrifice it to draw a card. It's kind of like the command tower of artifacts. Yeah, and you get a card off it at later part of the game, so it replaces itself. Yep. Pretty good. Uh, Thunderfoot Bayloth, four green, green, creature, beast, six or five, five with trample. It has a lieutenant, something that was introduced in Commander 2016, I believe. No, or 2014. Is, yeah, 2016 is now. Now, so yeah. Uh, lieutenant says, as long as you control your commander, Thunderfoot Bayloth gets plus two, plus two, and other creatures you control get plus two, plus two, and have trample. Trample, very important in this deck. Yeah, it's kind of an overrun uh, on a stick, and it's very good with all your tokens and all your little creatures and just getting in for damage. Again, remember, Saskia just says, if any of your creatures deal combat damage to a player, they also deal it to the player that you chose, so the trample damage will count for that. And Saskia has haste as well, so you can Thunderfoot Bailoth, play Saskia out of nowhere, and swing with her as well. Yep. So, good times. Uh, And the other one of notable reprints is Eroas, God of Victory, two, a red and a white for a 7-4 legendary enchantment creature, God has indestructible. As long as your devotion to red and white is less than 7, Eroas isn't a creature. It says creatures you control have menace, and then prevent all damage that would be dealt to attacking creatures you control. That part is very important, because yep. um, you want to be able to just swing out at someone and not have to worry about, you know, them stuff killing dying. your creatures. Yeah, so having this and the menace, like, you're guaranteed going to get in for a lot of damage, and with Saskia out, that... 
is a quick path to their death and your victory. Yeah, because there's situations where, like, you've got four creatures, they've got two creatures, but all your four creatures are smaller than their two. So you can't really swing in because you just lose two creatures for nothing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you play Eroas, suddenly... They can only now block one of your creatures, and it won't even die. So you're going to get through with three of your creatures. That's just a whole bunch of damage that otherwise wouldn't happen. I like Eros a lot in this deck. Me too. So let's talk about it out of the box. Um, we saw this in action. Craig played it. It was super powerful. Yeah. Um, the, out of the box, a lot of the cards in the deck are power, powerful. So Mana Gorger Hydra is really good in this environment. We just found it hard to remove large creatures. Mm-hmm. There wasn't a lot of Swords of Plowshares and stuff that we find in normally tuned decks. So it was a lot of games there was a creature or two that were just growing out of control and there wasn't a lot of ways to find your answers for it. So mm-hmm. you either just had an answer or you didn't and you're top decking for the answers, not a ton of card draw. Um, so in that environment, I feel like Saskia is very strong, but it's fragile. So if somebody does draw their board wipe, it's kind of hard to kind of get back on your feet. Yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about cards to add. So this is the fun section. As, as usual, we're just going to do about 15. In the show notes, we'll also say which 15 to take out. This is, not again, not fully tuned after we're done here. Just quick upgrade. So let's add some card draw because three is not enough. I'm not going to talk about all the card draw we're going to add, but Phyrexian Arena is a good one. It was recently reprint, reprinted a couple of times. Yeah. Um, so it's one black black for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, draw a card and lose a life. Simple. Simple. You can play it on turn three. Uh, or even later, and the card just is, it's very de- deceiving how much value it gets you over time. Yep. Because f- just looking at this, it's like, eh, whatever, but drawing two cards a turn, big deal. Especially if you need to draw a lot over the course of a game. Yeah, like, I mean, by four or five turns, you've really gotten a lot of value off that card. Yeah. <laughs> Necropotence, necropotence, I never rather say this word. Black, 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 for an enchantment, skip your draw step. Don't play this with Frexian Arena. Just kidding, <laughs> actually do play with Frexian Arena because you still get a draw card. Uh, Wait, was it the beginning? No, of you don't. Oh, no, the beginning of your upkeep. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Whenever you discard a card, exile that card from your graveyard. Pay one life, exile the top card of your library face down, put that card into your hand at the beginning of your next end step. So you skip your draw step, but you can just pay 80 life <laughs> or 40 life or 30 life and then draw 30 cards yep. at the beginning of your next end step. This can draw you a ton of cards. Um, you don't really care about your graveyard that much in this deck, I don't think. Um, so it's nice. You can draw a ton of cards and obviously pay a little bit of life for it. Um, it's only when you discard a card, you exile that card uh, yes. from your graveyard too. So they normally, it, once they enter the battlefield and die that way, they still go to your graveyard. Um, yeah, so it's punishing you if you draw a ton of cards at your end step because then you have to go to your cleanup phase. Yep, but you can just draw three and then next turn draw three or whatever mm-hmm. to keep under it. It's This is one of the cards people talk about as potential ban worthy as far as power level yeah. it's not at the top of that list like dead eye and stuff like that but it's on the list that people say it's very it's sort of gristle brandy power level yeah i mean it's a card that says turn three at the end of your turn you can draw up to like 35 cards yeah <laughs> that's crazy okay so the next category so that's card draw we didn't go too in depth oh crap oh crap oh dobla dobla nice. paper throw uh the next is protect my stuff so that's the next category this is sort of one of the big things about this deck is I don't want it to be quite so exposed to board wipes. I don't want it to just capitulate if somebody mm-hmm. plays a board wipe. I want it to have some game against it. I want it to be able to play out its creatures, get a good board state, and then maintain that board state. And one of the great cards to maintain board state is Gaddock Teague. Ugh. So What a Kithkin. Yeah, Gaddock Teague is green-white for a 2-2 legendary Kithkin advisor. 
It says non-creature spells with converted mana cost four or greater can't be played. Every board wipe. Just about. I mean, there's a couple Toxic Deluge that get under it, but mm-hmm. most of your Wrath of Gods cost four or more. Then it says non-creature spells with X in their mana cost can't be played. So they can't even play anything with an X in it, uh, unless it's a creature. Gaddick mm-hmm. just is very good at maintaining board state. It's very good at making it so things are difficult to remove. It's hard to just board wipe everything. I mean, yeah, uh, Cyclonic gets around it and Toxic Deluge, but it narrows the amount of cards you're scared about by a, a, a lot. Yeah. Um, next up is a card that I really like, Ghost Way. It's an instant uh, for two in the white. Exile each creature you control. Return those cards to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. So you can actually re-choose a new target with Sasuke as she enters the battlefield. Um, also, this is just great. Like, board wipe, whoop, everyone disappears and then comes back. And really, I think that what you said just there about Sasuke and choosing a new uh, player for her is the key to why this card sort of bumps it above a lot of cards that would do similar things mm-hmm. because you get two uses out of it. Yeah, you're holding it there just in case they do a board wipe, but if they don't, it still has use in your deck as like, oh, now I either killed Craig or I'm not so worried about Craig and I don't want Sasuke to be hitting that person, so now I can switch it over to Jimmy or whoever. Yeah. Um, yep. And then talking about maintaining board state, you know, <laughs> this is an interesting one, and I really I really wanted have wanted to talk about this card. Never in a million years would I have expected you to say, to say this card. It's Possibility Storm. So it's three red red for an enchantment. Whenever a player casts a spell from his or her hand, that player exiles it. Then exiles cards from the top of his or her library until he or she exiles a card that shares a card type with it. I'm going to pause right there. If you play an instant, you exile the instant you played, and then you flip cards from the top of your deck until you flip an instant. Mm-hmm. And now that instant, you can cast that card without paying its mana cost. Then he or she puts all the exile cards uh, on the bottom of the library in a random order. So anytime you cast a creature spell, anything, you don't get that spell. You get cards off the top of your deck until you get a, a spell like that. So mm-hmm. either a creature, if you cast a creature, an artifact, if you cast an artifact, and then you cast the one that you found. So you never know what you're going to get, which really is great because anytime somebody plays a Wrath of God, they don't get the Wrath of God. Right. They get the next sorcery off the top of their deck, which, which could suck, could just be like a cultivate. Yeah, or it's just probably not a board wipe. They yeah. would have to just luckily find a board wipe as the next you know spell type off the top of their deck that matches. Mm-hmm. So I think Possibility Storm is actually decent in this deck as a way to like, I've got the board set up, I have it how I want to, I have the advantage, and then boom, drop Possibility Storm. And now all of a sudden it's really difficult for your opponent to sort of mess with your board because they don't, anything they try to do, it's just going to do a random thing. Yeah. That's really sweet. By the way, this also works very well with Sunforger because it casts the spell from your library, not from your hand. Possibility Storm only affects cards cast from your hand. So if you have Sunforger and Possibility Storm out, you have access to all of those cards in your library. You don't have to worry about Possibility Storm's trigger. You can really shut down the board uh, with a Possibility Storm. I didn't even think of the Sunforger thing. That is, it's even better. It's even better. All right, so the next category we're going to is called Make It a Brawl. I like that. Make It a Scrum. With invasion plans, two in a red enchantment, all creatures block each turn of fable. The attacking player chooses how each creature blocks each turn. Each turn. Oh my goodness. You can set up some really bad blocks. You can be like, all right, attack with everyone. This guy's indestructible. I'm attacking. You're going to make every one of your creatures block that guy. Yep. And everything else gets through. Even the, even if you don't have an indestructible guy, a lot of times it's just going to be advantageous. I swing with seven creatures. 
and I'm going to sacrifice one, basically, and I'm going to make all your guys block one of them right? so that you take all this damage and another player takes all the damage, or you take twice the amount of damage if you're the named player. I- Invasion Plans really makes it so, like, your creatures get through for combat damage. Yeah, pretty brutal. Uh, Grand Melee is another one. It's three in a red um, for an enchantment. It says, all creatures attack each turn if able, and all creatures block each turn of Fable. Yeah, this really messes with your opponents because now they have to attack. And even if they attack you, you can probably set up good blocks or whatever. But the thing is, they're going to probably lose some cards in the process, and then they leave themselves open to every other person attacking. So let's say player A swings out entirely at player B. Player B takes his turn. Well, sweet, I can swing out at you. And then if he does, player C takes their turn. They can swing out at any of those first two people. So it really turns it into a huge table table brawl and you're probably going to be on the better end of that because you're doing more you're doing twice as much damage as anyone else and also it just guarantees that you can after the first round of the table you can attack every turn because they're not going to have any untapped creatures they had to attack with all of them you know maybe they have the one that they played besides that you 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 can just get through for damage most of the time and and saskia is going to be able to win that kind of a game more often than a deck that's not prepared for that kind of a fight yeah pair that with like a ghostly prison and you're pretty safe yeah oh yeah really good um the next category is give them haste so make it a brawl and then give your dudes haste xenagos god of revels xenagod as we like to say is uh three red green for a six five god enchantment creature god indestructible as long as your devotion to red and green is less than seven xenagos isn't a creature and then at the beginning of combat on your turn another target creature you control gains haste and gets plus X, plus X, X until end of turn, where X is that creature's power. So you double its power, give its haste. Makes them huge. Yep. Especially if they have trample. I mean, that's the big thing, right? Like, now you are just smacking people for so much damage. It's just super good. You grow your creature, you give it haste, It mean, and it's an indestructible enchantment, so it's going to be out there most of the game, mm-hmm. just giving everything haste and making it huge. It's just so good. Um, yeah. Oh, Anger. Yeah, it's a 2-2 with haste for 3 and a red. As long as Anger is in your graveyard and you control a mountain, creatures you control have haste. The cool thing about this is that if you just play it as a 4-man th- 2-2 and swing with it and you have Sasuke out, people won't want to block it, and then you're just doing a lot of damage with Anger himself. Pair it up with something like Xenogod, and Anger gets huge, and people still don't want to block it because they don't want to give all your creatures haste. They're in the between the rock and the tough place. A hard rock part. and a tough place. Hard place. <laughs> All right, so we've made it a brawl. We've given them haste. Now we got to get them through. So they got to get through for damage. Uh, there's a couple cards that do this. Urabrask the Hidden is the first one I have. Mm-hmm. It's three red red for a four four Praetor. It says creatures you control have haste, which also fits in the last section. But it also says creatures your opponents control enter the battlefield tapped. Good luck playing blockers. Yep. If you get that in Grand Melee, they're just, they're never going to block. They have to attack with all their creatures. Their creatures enter tapped. It's just, they can't block forever. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Super, super good. Um, and this next one's very simple, but I think it's really good in the deck, and you can find it with Sunforger. Mm-hmm. Falter. One in a red instant creatures without flying can't block this turn. We always say Falter effects. There are a lot of cards in Magic's history that do things like this. And it's usually, you see a card like this and go, like, no, this is awful. Why would you ever play this? But in a Sasuke deck, if it means that you're killing two people with it, then GG. Yep, GGs. Uh, um, I would also recommend a card like Authority of the Consoles, yeah. uh, which is similar to Urabrask in that it makes uh, your opponent's creatures enter the battlefield tapped, and you also get a life whenever they enter the battlefield, so hey. And you're probably going to be racing a lot in a deck like this, too, because like I said, you're trying to make it a scrum, so that could yeah. give you the life that you need for when everybody's having to attack with creatures that you come out ahead. Mm-hmm. This next guy also can gain you some life, but ups the damage to a considerable level. It's our friend, Bruce Tarl. Bruce, the Borish Hoarder. 
He likes to drink vodka. <laughs> vodka? Yeah, well, I think he's Russian. I have no yeah. idea if he is. I just said that. Um, he's, <laughs> he's two a red and a white for a 3-3. Legendary creature, human ally. We read him earlier, but I'll read him again. Whenever he attacks or enters the battlefield, target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's just like pumping a guy, getting a bunch of life, hitting somebody for a million damage, and then also Sasuke Trigger hitting somebody else with it. This next one is these. If there was one card to add to the deck, this is it. Yeah, Triumph of the Hordes, two green, green, four mana sorcery. Until end of turn, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample and infect. So you're just going to kill someone. You're uh, just going to kill someone. Usually this prompts out everyone's biggest and best response. You play Triumph of the Hordes, if someone's been holding onto a counter spell, it's coming out. If someone's holding on to a tap all your creatures, it's coming out. If someone holds on to an instant speed board wipe, it's happening. So Triumph of the Hordes also has that ability to just take the best card from your opponent's hands immediately. But if you do it when everybody's tapped out, you're going to win, probably. There's a really good yeah. chance you kill everyone. You Be- could kill everyone on, everyone on turn five with this kind of deck, too, with Sasuke, you know, in, in a way to double strike or a way to just get her more power as Xenogod. Like, there's tons of ways where Triumph of the Hordes just outright wins you the game very early on. Yeah, because you can swing at somebody... And that damage is all going to go to somebody else also. It'll mm-hmm. still have infect. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times this allows you to split your creatures so that, oh, well, you're, I can get two of you with a normal attack and then the Sasuke damage can get the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Knock them dead. Oh, that card. Yeah. Knock them dead. <laughs> all right. Time for to the listeners. You guys. So we're really interested to see what is a card that you think is a must include in the Sasuke deck that we missed. And also what card or cards from the current deck would you take out to make room for those cards that you just said we missed? Yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how other people are building Sasuke. Obviously, there's a lot you can do. You can do double combat steps. Um, you can do stuff like uh, that doubles combat damage. Uh, so there's a lot of different ways to go about it. I think um, Sasuke has the potential to be one of the cards, be one of the decks that just ends games quickly. Like, you want you want the game to be over quickly, you bring out the Xenogata deck or the Sasuke deck, and things are going to be... Things are going to be done sooner rather than later. I mean, this deck is going to be a high variance, right? Some decks you'll just clean house Mm -hmm. and just be throwing haymakers and get everybody out fast. And some decks somebody will board wipe twice and you'll just be like, okay, I can't win that game. Yeah, hope you draw Ghostway. Yeah, exactly. All right, time for our second Card Kingdom shout out. Cardkingdom.com slash command zone. That's the link we want you to use when you order cards because... That will tell them that we're the ones that sent you. And you want to order your cards through Card Kingdom because they'll get them to you as fast as possible. They ship stuff out so fast. We've had a lot of stories. A lot of people on Twitter come to us and say, like, you guys weren't kidding. I ordered things from two different places. One was Card Kingdom, and I got the one from Card Kingdom days before the other place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Card Kingdom is great. Um, I, we're going to record some more gameplay videos very soon. And uh, I need cards by next Wednesday to build my deck. Oh, man, I, you're ordering cards? I'm just using cards I already own. Well, I mean, there might be one or two cards, No, right? that's a good point. I'm ordering cards from Card have... Kingdom tonight. It'll be there in time. Oh, it definitely will be there in time. So, yeah, that's that's like, it's a huge pressure off me because I'm like, oh, shoot, I need to, I do I need to go to an LGS to find these? What if they don't have them? I can just order off Card Kingdom and just know that they're going to get to me very quickly. They're going to be shipped probably the same day and get to me before the, the, uh, the event. Um, I'm glad that you warned me because I got to up my game. Got to step my game up. I mean, there's, I'm gonna try. I don't want to take cards out of other decks because I got to remember where they go and stuff. And you know, so I'm just gonna try. And... I was just gonna use cards that I already had laying around, but okay. <laughs> I definitely have enough to do that. I'm sure there's gonna be one or two though that I will either be like, "Why well, don't have a foil version of this?" <laughs> <laughs> 
That's how Jimmy rolls, everybody. That's how I roll. All right, so make sure you go to cardkingdom.com slash command zone to let us let them know that we sent you, and that's our affiliate link. All right. Make sure to also visit our Patreon page. So we did talk about it at the start of the show. We're going to plug it for the next few shows, and then I'm sure we'll dial it back, so please don't get too annoyed. But we do need your help. We do need your support. Uh, we've just gotten to the point where the show is just at the maximum we can level we can get it to with our own pocketbooks. Yeah, uh, there is a lot of other costs associated with the show. Every time that we send out stuff, we always send out prizes internationally, and that costs a lot just to send three boosters across the water, for me personally. I don't think people realize that like 90% of the prizes that we've given out over the lifetime of the show are just from you and I. That's just our stuff. I mean, we've gotten stuff from Wizards sometimes, and Card mm -hmm. Kingdom has done one or two uh, contests with us, but literally most of the things that we've sent out, that's just our stuff that we just want to send out to the listeners. Yep. Uh, you know, That's just how the type of show that we want it to run, and so that's how we do it. We're not trying to recoup a lot from stuff like that either we want to make that very clear this is all for stuff moving forward to improve the show and do yep. things like kitchen table fables more gameplay videos other ideas we have so please patreon.com slash command zone go there and check out all the cool rewards and things you can get and also just support the show all right moving on to the end step where we talk about something outside the world of magic we're talking about the podcast today we're talking about the command zone podcast because <laughs> someone named joel hammett sent us an email joel you are awesome yeah uh so Joel says, hey guys, I'm a huge fan of the show and absolutely love the music intro you guys do. Thanks, man. I was curious and went through and made a spreadsheet of each episode with the music used for the intro. Not sure if you guys have kept track, but I have and will continue to do so. I thought you guys would love to see which songs you have used. I'd be interested to know how long into the show you guys think you started the music intro because I was way off in my guess. Hope you enjoyed the list and keep up the great work. The podcast is easily in my top five of all time. Joel made a spreadsheet. We're going to have to send this and have Terry put it on screen. It is unbelievable. So really quickly, because it's an interesting, interesting question. When you saw this email the first time, what did you think was like, when did we start the song thing? Yeah, I would like for everyone at home listening or in your car or wherever, uh, what episode do you think we started doing the song intros as? And the answer is 48. Yeah, really 50, because you say music, music. Yeah, yeah, so music, the metal edition. So Joel has done an amazing <clears> job uh, listing out every episode. There's no songs up until episode 48, and that was when I started going music, music, music. And we Little did. known fact is Jimmy used to always do that. So we would always, <laughs> yeah. we just wouldn't put that in the show. So Jimmy would be like, music, 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 music. He was getting himself, he was like, the, the theme music. Yeah, because music, it, was, music, it would music. be the intro of the show. Dun, 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 yeah. dun, dun, so you go, music, to the music, 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 music. Hi, I'm Jimmy Wong. Like, that's how he would do it every time, like yeah. all 47 times. Imagining Joe, that the intro music was playing. Yeah, but that time, Eli, who was the editor at, uh, of our show at the time, decided to actually include that as part of the show. Mm -hmm. And then... Two episodes later is the first time I think, I guess, we sang an actual song. Yep. We started it all off with Funk Soul Brother by Fatboy Slim. Right about now. The Funk Soul Brother. Check it out now. Funk Soul Brother. And then we start, and then so Joel has gone through and written down every single song we did, which is amazing because so many of the times it's like music, music freestyle or welcome to the welcome to Commander Freestyle. Batman theme. Batman theme. Pentatonics unknown song. I love that too. and there's we know we missed a bunch in the beginning and then we get very steady into it by like episode sixty-eight. We just go yeah, we're kind of intermittent. We don't we don't know it's a thing yet. Mm -hmm. And then around yeah episode seventy, that's when it's like oh every single time yeah. we do a song. Now I'm curious. There's only a couple songs we've repeated, which I I, I was 
Well, that's what I was fascinated about. Is that we've actually repeated a few songs a bunch. For instance, my favorite is that we have repeated uh, "Hooked on a Feeling" twice. Twice. <laughs> Ready, steady, go. We did yeah. it a couple times. Ready, steady, go. Yeah. Which is not even a real song. It's. Just <laughs> Ready, <Okay>. steady, go. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but it's great. Now we get to see, and there's some of them are like bonus songs. Like we did "Shambright Like a Diamond" as a bonus song once for some reason. So "Shambright Like a Diamond." That means he went through the rest of the episode and also categorized the songs. Man, Joel. Joel, you're awesome. Yeah, you're awesome. This, this, is this yeah, this is awesome. Um, and it's good too because moving forward now, we know the songs that we've sang, so we'll we'll try we'll be to careful. Yeah, we'll be careful to not do the repeats. He even included the sideboard episodes and the spoiler episodes. Like he, it was, <laughs> this is awesome. I, I I'm so glad that this was made because never in a million years would I have thought like I'm going to go through and, and make a spreadsheet for all the songs we've sang in every episode. I didn't even remember when I looked at it. I remembered some of them, and I was like, oh yeah, I totally forgot about that. So yeah, 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 it's great. We should give Joel another song. Yeah, Joel, um, for the second additional song of this episode. Uh, wait, I had a song that I was going to sing at the open. It was a Christmas song like yours. Oh, yeah. Hark how the bells, sweet silver bells, all sing to say, go cares away, Christmas is here, carrying the cheer to young and old, make and the boy. Down in the ring while people sing, bong of a cheer, Christmas is here, grab a very merry Christmas, Wow. There you go, Joel. That was just for you. That was just for you. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You're making, we're killing Josh over yeah, here. Yeah, I'm, uh, okay. Make sure you listen to the Masters of Modern podcast. <laughs> this is a segue, man, just died. Oh, boy. Uh, Masters of Modern podcast, our sister podcast, Alex Kessler and Ben Bateman talk about modern as a format and all things competitive magic. You can follow them at the MMcast, and you can also find them right next to us on Collected.Company, our new magic hub. Yeah, and a lot more is going to happen on that hub. Uh, Patreon is a step towards developing our brand and everything about us in that direction. So make sure you check that out. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson. Does a great job on all of the video podcasts. So if, you, you, want go, to, if you want to see the stuff that we're talking about, see these brand new cards, go to youtube.com slash the command zone podcast to find all of that there, as well as our gameplay video that we just did, as well as the kitchen table fable skits we did. There's so much stuff there, and it's a great way to indulge yourself in the content that's beyond just listening and on the podcast. Uh, and special thanks to Jeffrey Palmer, who also provided the awesome living card animations that you see at the beginning of the show and at the end. You can find them on Twitter at livingcardsmtg. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a happy Thanksgiving, and we'll see you next time. Peace. On Earth, goodwill to men. Goodwill to everyone. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to commandcast at rocketjump.com or ask us on Twitter at JF Wong and at Josh Lee Kwai. See you later, alligator. Greetings, humans. <laughs> Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that. 
and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.